Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Church family, I am excited about tonight because we are starting a new Wednesday night uh, series tonight. Come on, put your hands together if you're excited for a new series. Wednesday night, it's been about a month since our last one. But I want to kind of introduce what this series uh, is, and it's called uh, From Barriers to Bridges. Turn to your neighbor say, From Barriers to Bridges. And what the focus is going to be on is that we're going to take a look at different Bible uh, stories throughout Scripture of where God just turns around what seems like a, a plan of the enemy. God turns it around to make a purpose for us. Uh, when it's sometimes we look at, through, when we read through scripture, you'll see patterns of what the enemy tried to think of would be a barrier, what the enemy thought would be a, a, a blockade, whatever the enemy thought he was doing to prevent us, God then turns around to promote us with him. Sometimes we can come in moments and seasons of our lives where we feel like uh, there are barriers all around us, where it can feel like uh, there are things in front of us too big for us to overcome. And, and sometimes when we feel the call of God in our life, we think before I can say yes to you, God. I need to see these barriers fall. Or we say, God, before I can follow after you, God, I need to see these barriers get out of my way. But what if God is saying, follow me even with the barriers in your way because I'm going to make those barriers bridges into the promised land. I'm going to make those barriers, those blockades, what you thought were unmovable, uh, I'm going to turn them into something that is a stepping stone for your journey. And so that's what we're going to do throughout this series is we're going to look at different Bible stories throughout Scripture where uh, God just turns barriers into bridges uh, for God's people. And what we're going to pick up tonight uh, is in uh, Exodus 14 and the story of the Red Sea parting. We're going to pick up in uh, chapter 14, verse 10. A little bit of context before we get there. Uh, so the Israelites, they have just escaped Egypt after 10 plagues. Uh, that God sent over Pharaoh's house and over the whole land of Egypt. And after the ten plagues, Pharaoh finally let uh, the uh, Israelites go. But at this point, we're picking up in Scripture, uh, Pharaoh is having second thoughts. He's thinking to himself what mistake he has made. He even says to himself in Scripture, he says, if the Israelites go, who's going to do all the work around here? He was like, if the Israelites go, who's going who's gonna to do the dirty work? And so he began to contemplate himself. And then he got word in it from uh, his army that the Israelite people are, uh, have entrapped themselves against the Red Sea. He's getting word that the Israelites have backed themselves up to the Red Sea. And, and it looks like they have trapped themselves easily encounterable by his army. And so he said to himself, this is my moment to take them back. And so once he sees that the Israelites have backed up to the Red Sea, uh, he unleashes his army um, against uh, Israel and to chase them down. And, and it says that he, he, all of his charioteers and his chariots chased after them. And for a little bit more context, he knows that the chariots of the time, the, the army of Egypt was the greatest force uh, known to man at that time. And the chariots were the, was the greatest technology technological advancement that they've ever seen. And so to see this, to, to imagine to be the Israelites seeing these chariots coming against you was a sight to behold. And that's where we pick up uh, in verse 10. So can you stand with me real quickly uh, in honor of reading God's word? Exodus chapter 14, uh, verse 10. It says this. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, 
why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. See, when you see barriers coming against you, it kind of messes with your thinking. It kind of makes you saying, oh, like your faith gets really sucked from you when you see that there's no hope for you. And this is what the Israelites are seeing. But in verse 13, this is what Moses said. He says, Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. He said, the Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. And he said, the Lord himself will fight. Everybody say fight. He said, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap if you know you serve a God that fights for you. And with that being said, y'all can be seated. Let's pray over the service tonight. Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight, God, that we are here for no other reason but to go closer to your son. So, God, right now we thank you for, God, every mind being open, every heart being softened, ready to receive from your spirit, God. So we thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place tonight. We we thank you, God, that we're going to see chains being broken tonight. We, we thank you, God, that we're going to see what looked like strongholds, what looked like barriers, what looked like blockades, what looked like blockages be turned into bridges, be turned into stepping stones, be turned into testimonies tonight because we know that we serve a God that only knows victory because we know that we serve a God that has never lost a battle because we know that we serve a God that all things are possible with. So, Father, begin to stir up our faith right now as we're ready to receive. Begin to stir up our faith right now as we're ready to step out by faith, God. And follow after you no matter the barrier. We love you, Jesus. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity just to learn about you more. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. Man, come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise one more time. So I was, we are painting the picture to catch the Egyptian army is uh, with all their chariots there, and the numbers uh, close to a million are attacking the Israelite people. And if you can catch the picture, you can see that they are looking towards this army of Egyptians ready to just run them over. And there's no thoughts of escape because they look behind them and they see the Red Sea. They, they, they hear the hooves of the Egyptians coming towards them and the waves of the Red Sea behind them. And all the hope that they had uh, from escaping Egypt, all the hope that they had from witnessing God send the ten plagues, it seemed to like they lost it in a moment because at that time there was no escape for them. At that time, they felt stuck. At that time, they felt like there was uh, no way to get out of this situation they were in. They felt like they were quite literally uh, in between a rock and a hard place. See, there will be seasons in our life, uh, if you live long enough or if you know by now, there are seasons in your life that you feel like you're stuck, that you feel like you are uh, in between barriers, you're in between a rock and a hard place, you're, you're in between these seasons, you, you don't know how you're going to get out, and there's a thought that creeps in the back of your mind thinking that there's no hope left. There's a thought that creeps in the back of your mind thinking, what should I do next, because it seems like there's no way out for me, and this is where the Israelites find themselves, and 
See, it's in those moments and seasons of our life that we ask ourselves the same question. Are we going to run from this season? Are we going to, uh, in spite of God, are we going to blame God for this season like some of the Israelites did? Or are we going to stand firm during this season? Are we going to listen to what Moses said, said, saying, I know things look chaotic. I know things don't look like they're going according to plan, and we don't really understand. But if you just stay calm, if you just stay firm, if you just trust God, I'm telling you, you will find victory today. We get the same question in our lives. When things look out of whack, when things don't look like they're working out, we have that choice. Are we going to stand firm in God, or are we going to question our faith? Are we going to stand firm in, in the purpose of God, or are we going to try and find our own way out? Are we going to try to find a different option, a different uh, scenario outside of what God has for us? And although it was a barricade, although it was a barrier in their way, because they trusted God and because they believed for breakthrough, I believe that that's how it parted the Red Sea. There are seasons in our life that you might look at it and say, this is a barrier of debt. This is a barrier of health. This is a barrier of lack of experience. Whatever you feel like is a barrier in front of you tonight. Just know that if you trust God and if you believe in him, if you believe in him and say, God, there's a barrier in front of me, but I believe that you are bigger. God, there's a, a barrier in front of me, but I believe for breakthrough. I believe that even though this barrier seems big in my eyes, it's small in your eyes, God. Even though I, I, I feel like there's no hope right now, I do have hope in knowing that you are with me right now. And if we trust God, even in the midst between barriers and even in the midst of hopelessness, God will turn what we feel like is a barrier in our way, and he will believe, and we will believe for breakthrough in that. In the following scripture, in verse 15, what we open with, it says that after this prayer, after Moses saying this, believe God, this is how God responded to Moses. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. After all, they're, they're looking up to God, right? They're crying out. They're saying, and God looks down and says, what are you crying about? Tell the people to get moving. Because I believe there's a time when we're in the middle of a battle. There's a time to cry out to God. But there's a, there is also a time to step out by faith. There's a time for us to, to cry out and say, God, look at my problems. And then there's a time for us to say, God, I trust you. I'm going to step out by faith. There's a time for us to step out and say, God, there's a barrier in my way, but I'm going to believe for breakthrough anyways. Say, God, there's something pushing against me. There's, there's something I don't understand. I don't even know why I'm in this season, but I'm going to trust you anyway. And we believe God for breakthrough. Say, see, there's times to cry out to God, but then there's times to step out by faith. And what I like to call this is proactive prayers. Because we got to be proactive with our prayer life. We can't treat Jesus like a genie in the bottle and say, God, I need these three wishes. Make it happen. Right? We can't treat prayer and say, God, like a vending machine, say, I want um, this promotion. Is that G4? Okay. And then I want that. Okay, that's not what Jesus is. Proactive prayers is saying this. Say, God, I'm going to pray for this promotion, but I'm also going to put in the work for it also. Proactive praise is, is this, God, I'm going to pray to God that you are going to uh, build my finances, but also, God, I'm going to stick to the budget. Also, God, I'm not going to eat out as much. Because sometimes we're crying out to God, saying, God, I, I need a breakthrough in my finances. And God is saying, what are you crying out about? Stop buying those expensive shoes, right? 
Well, what are you crying out about? This is your third time at Chick-fil-A. I'm, sp- I'm preaching to myself right now if you don't notice. <laughs> now, why are you crying out about it? Because why? Because sometimes we're crying out about it when we know exactly what we need to do. Sometimes we cry out to God about when we know exactly what God has told us to do. And, and God looks down at the Israelites and says, stop crying out. Get up and move out. Take a step of faith. You know what you need to do. We have to be proactive with our prayers. We have to be proactive in knowing that God is, in this, is, is not this somebody, this, this entity that we can right, shake like a genie in the bottle. And he will do exactly what we say. No, we are serving him. He's not serving us. Right? We are following after him. He, does, he is the great servant. But we're not supposed to take advantage of God. We're supposed to say, God, how can you get all the glory in this moment? So what I'm trying to say is this. No more passive prayers. No more, no more prayers without the work. No more prayers without the stepping out by faith. Because if we just pray on things and then sit on those things, we'll never see those things come to pass. But if we pray about it and say, God, I'm praying, God, for my coworker, but I'm also going, going to go and witness to my coworker as well. Saying, God, I'm praying for my family member, but I'm also going to call them up tomorrow and check in how, on how they're doing as well. Be proactive with your prayers. And I'm telling you, if we do that, we're going to see the breakthrough that God has in our life. Amen? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It says in verse 16, he commanded Moses to do this. He said, pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea and divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And he said, and I. Everybody say the Lord. Said, and I said, and I said, the Lord, I, the Lord will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. If you just read that little verse and you don't know how the story ends, you're gonna be like, God, that's kind of messed up. Like, why would you harden the heart of the Egyptians to chase after your people? Why would you harden the heart of the Egyptians to, to chase after the Israelites who you just freed? That, that doesn't make sense. If you just read that verse and don't know how the story ends, that verse doesn't make sense. See, the, if you just read that little season, like if you're in a season of life right now, and if you just look at your season of life and you don't know how the season ends, you might be confused at times. But see, when God told the, put on the Egyptians and harden their hearts to chase after Israelites, he knew how the story ends. He knew that the Egyptians were going to be washed away in the Red Sea. He knew that, that the victory that was going to come from it, he knew how the story ends. See, God knows how the story ends. Sometimes we're just stuck in the middle of a verse, a, a season of our life, and we don't know how it ends. But God knows how it ends. And if we're in a season of our life where it doesn't make sense, we're saying, God, why am I here right now? Why am I stuck in this place? God, God, why does it feel like the Egyptian army is coming after me? If you just stay in that verse and you don't trust God, you're going to be stuck in that verse. You're going to be stuck in that season that was just meant for transition. You'll be stuck in that season that wasn't meant to be forever. But if you say, God, I don't understand why I'm here right now, but I know you do. I know you know how the story ends. I know you know what's on the other side of this season. So, God, even though I don't understand this season, even just like how... The Israelites didn't understand why God sent the Egyptian army after them. Even though we don't understand that, we're still going to trust you anyways, God. We're still going to trust you because you know how the story ends. You know that the Egyptian army is going to be swept in the Red Sea. You know that at the end of how it all is going to come into fruition for your glory, God. So I'm going to follow after you anyways. Because you think the Israelites knew that the Egyptians were going to be washed away? All they saw was the Egyptian army chased after them. They weren't like, ha-ha, like, you know, you're about to get washed away. They're like, oh, my gosh, let's get out of here. 
right? They understand what was going on. They didn't understand that the the whole plan that God had in store, but when they looked back at it and they looked on the other side of the Red Sea and the other side of that season, they realized, ah, that's why the Egyptian army chased after us because God swept them away in the Red Sea and now he gets all the glory for that. There's been seasons in my life, in the middle of that season, it doesn't make sense. In the middle of that season, we're saying, God, it feels like the Egyptian army's chasing after me. But it's after that season when we trusted God anyways and we follow God anyways, we would look back and we say, ah, that's why that happened. Because I see how through that God gets the glory of it. I see how through that a testimony comes out of it. I see how through that breakthroughs and miracles come out of it because of it. See, that's why we can't get stuck in a verse. We can't get stuck in a, in a small season and lose out on the big picture that God has for us. See, God always knows what's next. God always knows what's on the other side. We just have to trust him with the process. And when we continue on with verse 17, it says, my great glory. Everybody say glory. Glory said, my great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots, and his charioteers. And he said, when my glory, come on one more time, say glory. glory. It's displayed through them. All Egypt will see, come on, one last time, say glory. glory. All Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. I don't know if you missed that, but God was pretty clear who he wanted to get the glory. God was pretty clear of who he said he wanted the credit for this or who he said he wanted the praise for this or who he said he wanted the, the glory for this because through every season through everything that we're here on earth there's only one reason why God does what he does so that way he can get the glory there's only one reason why we're here on this on this planet why we're living day to day why is this to worship God for him to get the glory and God was making it very clear that he was going to get the glory he didn't say that Israel was going to get the glory he, he didn't say I'm gonna make all this happen so Moses so everybody can think Moses is a great guy he didn't say that he said, no, this is going to happen. The, the Egyptians will be defeated. The Red Sea will part. Why? So I can get the glory. Why? So the Lord can get the glory. Why? So everybody will know that the Lord of Israel, who he is and what he's capable of. So that way he can get the glory. That's point one for tonight. Is that our breakthroughs are for God's glory. Our breakthroughs are for God's glory, not ours. Our breakthroughs are for God's glory, not ours. So if you're believing for something tonight, if you've been praying for something for a long time, if you haven't seen it come to pass, maybe you need to check in with me. Am I praying for this so that way maybe I can get a pat on my back? Or am I praying for this promotion so that way people will look at me better? Or am I doing this so that I can get the glory? Can I, can I say this? I don't want to burst any bubbles because I know it got quiet. I don't want to burst any bubbles. But if your prayer is with the motive for you to get the glory... God's not going to answer that prayer. If your motive is, I want this promotion, God, so all my coworkers will look at me and know how great I am and know how good I am, that's not a, that's not a prayer that God's going to bless, that God's going to fulfill. But if you say, God, I want this promotion not so that I can get the glory, so that way you can get the glory, God. God, I want this to take place not so that way all people can shout my name, so but people can shout the name of Jesus. If we make those prayers, see, that's what God wants to see because God wants the glory. God wants the glory through every season, through every miracle, through every breakthrough. He wants the glory for it all. That's why our prayers have to be geared toward that. We have to know that, that God 
the reason why we're here, the reason why he called us, the reason why the purpose that we have on our life, it's all the same. So that way, through it all, we can look up and say, to God be the glory. Through every season, through every breakthrough, through every miracle, through every good thing that happens in your life, he wants it to make it so abundantly clear, like he told the Israelites. He wants to make it so emphatically clear that every good and great thing comes from above. And everything that happens good in your life, you got to give God the glory. You want to know how you see a life? A breakthrough and breakthrough from strength to strength and from really from miracle to miracle is that every time it happens, you say, thank you, Jesus. Is that every time a breakthrough happens in your life, you say, to God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory. And people will even come up to you and try to pat you on the back and say, man, you must be doing something right. You can say, oh, I got to stop you right there because I don't want you to mess up my next miracle. Let me stop you right there. This has nothing to do about me. This has nothing to do about my strengths and about my talents and about my abilities. This has everything to do about who God is and what God can do through man when they're obedient to him. Amen? To God be the glory. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 21, it says, Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. And the wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through, everybody say through, through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. You know, I believe if you study Moses, you know, he had problems. He had, he had things that held him back. If you, if you read when he was first called by or called by through the burning bush with God. He had all these excuses of why he wasn't capable, but he grew into being a good leader. But it wasn't because of Moses' leadership that parked the Red Seas. Now, Moses, he had this staff. It was a pretty cool staff if you read about it. He had this staff. It turned into snakes, turned all these crazy things. All these miracles were done using the staff. But it wasn't because of the staff that parted the Red Sea. You know, people might look at Moses and say, how, how did this happen? How did he do it? How, how did these things take room? Or Moses was carrying. It wasn't those things that empowered the Red Sea to part. That was done by the hand of God. All Moses had to do and be was obedient. All Moses had to say was, yes, I can do that. All Moses had to say, okay, you need me to raise my hand and, and do this. Yeah, I can be obedient. I can do that. See, that is all God is looking for. He's not looking for the most talented. He's not looking for the most experienced. He's not looking for the people who have all the charismatic quality. He's not looking for that. God's just looking for one thing, that's obedience. If there's something that I have learned in ministry and this in life is that God does not care about the talent. He doesn't care about all the accolades you have. All he cares is, are you going to be obedient to me? Are you going to trust my word? Are you going to follow after me? Because if you can be obedient, I can use you. If you can be obedient, you're qualified. If you can be obedient, then you have all the experience, all the favor that you need to accomplish my purpose and will for your life. See, all God is looking is for the person who is willing to say yes. All God is looking for somebody who's willing to say yes. So if you're struggling with this idea of saying God can't use me because I've only been a Christian for six months or, or I've only read you know, a handful of verses, I've only done this, only done that, let me cancel all that right now. All God is looking is for somebody to say yes to him. All God is looking for somebody to be obedient to him. And if he sees that obedience, he says, oh, I can use him. Oh, I can use her. Oh, I can use them. Why? Because they are willing to say yes. Point two for tonight. 
is that breakthrough is only obtainable through obedience. Breakthrough is only obtainable through obedience. Breakthrough won't come because of your talent. Breakthrough won't come because of, of, your, of your experience or because of all your qualities. No, breakthrough will only come through the Spirit, will only come by obedience. Will only come by us being willing to say yes to Him and to say no to our will or our desires or our plans. That is what obedience is. Because sometimes we get confused and say if we just say yes to all of our plans, then we're saying yes to God's plan as well. That's not it. Obedience is saying, God, I have these plans, but you're telling me to do this, so I'm going to lay down my will, and I'm going to pick up yours. That's what obedience is, and that's what Moses did. Moses didn't want to go and lead the people out of Egypt. He said, I'm too old. I'm too this. I can't speak right. I can't talk right. I'm, you know, 80 years old. I should be in a retirement home, right? I should be taking, I should be on Miami Beach, right? But God said, no, look, you just got to be obedient, and all throughout Moses' life, he did miracles, signs, and wonders. Why? Not because he was qualified, because he was obedient. Not because he had all the qualities, because he just had the quality of faith, and he was obedient to God. We have to know that even when we see things coming against us, even that they challenge our experience and our strengths, we try to take a step back and say, God, use somebody else. God, I can't do this. God, I'm not capable. But it's in those moments to say, ah, no, see? In moments where you think you are weak, that's where I'm going to be strong, and that's where I'm going to get the glory. In the moments where you don't think you're capable, in the moments where you don't think you have the finances, in the moments when you don't think you have the knowledge, I'm going to say, do it now, and if you're obedient, you're going to see my will. If you do it now, you're going to see my favor. If you do it now, you're going to see my provision. And it's in that moment that we say, it wasn't because of my talent that this happened. It's in that moment where you can say, it wasn't because I was qualified that that happened. It's in that moment where Moses is saying, it wasn't because I was the most unfit, young, qualified person that was able to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. No, I was his obedience. And that is what was the key to Moses' life, is that he was obedient no matter what. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 23, so the God splits the Red Sea and the Israelite people are making their way through. And in verse 23, it says, Then the Egyptians and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and charioteers chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces in total confusion. Everybody say confusion. See, God specializes in confusing the enemy. One of God's specialties is confusing the enemy. Throughout Scripture, we read that when they were going to battles or David was going to battle, he would confuse the enemy. Why? Because the enemy's not that smart. We love to give the enemy way too much credit. We love to say, oh, well, man, if I do this, the enemy's going to know what I'm thinking. The enemy's going to know what I'm doing. I mean, he's going to be where I'm No, the enemy is not omnipotent. God is. The enemy is not omniscient. God is. The enemy is not omnipresent. God is. And so we have to know that God specializes in, is in confusing the enemy. When Jesus, when the enemy thought he had the upper hand and Jesus was crucified, he was extremely confused when he saw Jesus in the, in the depths of hell taking the keys from him. Okay? Can I just say that much? The enemy wasn't like, oh, I was expecting this. No, he was like, what in the world are you doing here, right? This wasn't my plan. And he was extremely confused, too, when Jesus rose on the third day. 
The enemy was saying, this wasn't in my plan book. This wasn't in my, see, the enemy was confused when God poured out. The enemy was saying, I was not expecting this. See, the enemy is not as smart as you think he is. Now, let me say he, is, he does real, does, he is, exist, but he's not God. He doesn't know what you're thinking. He doesn't know what you're planning. All he knows is what you're saying. All the enemy can see is what you say. That's why it's so important to watch what we say. That's why it's so important to watch how we respond. Because, see, the enemy can't know what we're thinking. The enemy doesn't know what our thoughts are. All he sees is how we respond. What, what, what does he do when this happens? What does he say when this happens? Well, how does he respond to this? And when we respond with fear, when we respond with things that doesn't come from God, then the enemy says, ah, oh, now I see what, can, what gets them. Now I see what distracts them. Now I can see what can take them outside of God's will. But what I cannot say is this. Let's confuse the enemy together. You know how you confuse the enemy? When something happens that doesn't go according to your plan or doesn't go great, instead of complaining about it, confuse the enemy and start praising God about it. Whenever something doesn't happen, when you're like, what's going on? And instead of you saying, God, why did you do this? Start shake your fist and say, God, I don't understand this, but I'm going to trust you anyways. That's going to confuse the enemy. Then, they're gonna, then the enemy's going to be like, what? That used to get him five years ago. Five years ago, they used to be so discouraged when somebody said something behind their back. Five years ago, they used to get so discouraged when something wouldn't go right with their finances. But now, the same thing's happening, and they're saying something different. Now, the same thing is happening. Instead of them complaining, and instead of them coming out and spying, instead of them speaking out of fear, now they're speaking by faith. That confuses the enemy. That, 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 that messes with his thinking. That says, how I can't get them that way anymore. You want to know how you overcome insecurities? Confuse the enemy. Don't respond the same way. Now you overcome all these lies and fears. Confuse the enemy and respond with faith and love and be kind to people who talk back to you. That's how we overcome these things. And that's how the enemy will say, I can't get them with this anymore. Because what they're saying is with faith and with hope. And what they're saying is not what they used to say. Verse 25. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying tonight? We're almost done. In verse 25, he said, he twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's go. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. They said, the Lord is fighting. Everybody say fighting. For them against Egypt. He said, the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. See, the Egyptians, they were not afraid because there was a lot of Israelites. Sometimes we don't think about this, but there was like almost 2 million Israelites fleeing from Egypt. It wasn't their large numbers that intimidated Egypt. And it wasn't the, even the Red Sea parting that intimidated Egypt. Like if I saw that, I'd been like, look, y'all can go. There's been just too many weird things happening, right? But it wasn't those things. What intimidated them, what intimidated the enemy was when they saw that the Lord was fighting for them. What intimidated the enemy is when they said, no, God is on their side. What intimidated Egypt and when they said, look, I don't know what's happening, but we need to get out of here because God is fighting against us and for them. See, that is what strikes fear in the enemy. It's when the enemy sees that God is with you. That's what strikes fear in the enemy. See, if we don't have Jesus on our side, there is nothing for the enemy to be afraid of. If we don't have Jesus on the inside of us, there is nothing that the enemy can be intimidated by. Like, the enemy is not intimidated by a self-help book, okay? The enemy is like, oh, look at what that book they read. 
man, God, there, you don't know. The enemy only is intimidated by the Spirit of God. He's not intimidated by anything else. He's not intimidated by anything that the world has to offer. He's not intimidated by his new mindset you have. No, the enemy is afraid and intimidated by a child of God who knows who he is in Christ and is able to walk out and step out by faith. That's what intimidates the enemy. That's what makes the enemy tremble and fierce. It's okay. Look, we stand no chance now. There is no hope for us because now we're not just fighting against man, but we're fighting against God. And there's no way that we can overcome the strength of the Lord because see, the enemy knows he's no match for those who are faithful to God. Point three for tonight is this. It's that the Lord fights for the faithful. The Lord fights for the faithful. If there's something I want to encourage y'all tonight is with this, is don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. I don't know what you're fighting. I don't know what you're praying for. I don't know what is coming against you, but do not give up on God. There has never been a, a time in Scripture. There's never been a time in eternity where God forsaken the people who are faithful. There has never been a time where God forsaken those who are faithful to, towards him. There's never been a time. Every time you read the pattern you will see is that when you trust God, he takes care of you. That when you believe in God, he will give you that breakthrough. When you follow after him, he's going to provide for you. If there's time and time, so if I want to encourage you is with this, do not give up on God. Do not think, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm between a rock and a hard place. I feel like I'm, I'm the Israelites right now with Egypt coming after me and, and the Red Sea behind me. I feel stuck, but don't give up on God because God always takes care of his children. God always takes care of his needs, always takes care of the people who are faithful towards God. And in the moments of, of uncertainty, in the moments of not knowing what to do, in the moments of, of maybe even being afraid of what's next, but saying, God, in spite of all this, I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to chase after you, God, even when I feel like things are chasing after me. When you trust God, when you have faith in him, God fights for those who are faithful. God fights for those who, who love him and keep to his commandments. God fights for those. And if you know if God fights for you, then you know you never have to worry about losing ever again. If you know that God fights for you in this battle, then you know that God has never lost the battle and you have the victory in the name of Jesus. If you know that God is fighting for you for that breakthrough, if you know God is fighting for you on that battlefield, you don't have to worry about taking a loss ever again. Why? Because God always has the victory. Amen? Stand to your feet. I'm closing tonight. I want to close with this scripture. So the Israelites, they see this barrier that was the Red Sea. They see this, this blockade that they thought was going to stop them, that they thought that was going to hold them back, be turned into a bridge for them. And they walked through the Red Sea. And in verse 30, it says this. Says that is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore. And when the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. And they put their faith, everybody say faith, and the Lord and in his servant Moses. Israel looked back. And they saw what was impossible, made possible by God. 
Israel looked back and they saw what was an immovable barrier, the Red Sea, something that they thought that could never take place, something that they thought would never happen, something they thought there is no way we escape. They saw God's plan take place and looked back and they were in awe. If there's a prayer that I have every day, say, God, let me be in awe of you. Let me be just in awe. I mean, when was the last time we were just in complete awe of God's will? When was the last time you were just in complete awe of God's provision? When was the last time you were just in complete awe of the miracle and the hand of God that wasn't, can never be denied, that was, that's, can never be spoken against because say, that was no way but God. And I'm in awe right now. I can't explain it. I don't know how it happened. I can't tell you the reasons why. All I can tell you is God happened. All I can tell you is that there was an Egyptian army chasing after us, and we're looking dead square at them and look behind us, and there was a sea behind us, and we thought that there was no hope, and we thought there was no chance, and we thought that it was impossible. But then God happened. The impossible happened. A miracle happened. And now I'm looking back at that season. Now I'm looking back at that barrier. I'm looking back, and I'm in awe of the greatness of God. I'm in awe of the power of God. I'm in awe of the majesty, of the authority, of the God that we serve. There's a prayer that I have for us tonight. It's let us be in awe of God tonight. Let us be able just to look up and say, God, I see how powerful, I see your authority, I see what you have done in my life. God, I see I'm in awe right now. I don't even have the understanding to wrap around it. I don't even have the words to speak it. All I can say is thank you, God. All I can say is thank you, Jesus. All I can say is I'm in awe of the will of God in my life. I'm going to close with this thought. It's that our belief in God is what turns barriers into bridges. Our belief in God is what turns barriers into bridges. Our trust in God is what will turn See, if you're thinking of something right now in your mind of saying, I've been praying about this, I've been speaking about this, I've been believing about this, can I say it's only going to be by God that that barrier be removed. It's only by God will that barrier be a breakthrough. It's only by God will you see a miracle take place in your life. Why? Because you believed in him. It's not going to come from any outside force. It's not going to come from any person or politician. It's going to come from the hand of God that delivers a breakthrough. So tonight with every head bowed and eye closed, what I just want to pray tonight, we're going to open up the altars and we're going to have some fun tonight. But what I want to pray is this, is Father, let us be in all of your spirit. God, let us know that breakthrough is on the other side. God, let us know that it's not by might, it's not by strength, but it's by your spirit, Father, that we will see these things come to pass. So right now, God, we speak, God, the, the gift of faith over every person under the sound of my voice. That God, that we believe for breakthrough tonight. God, we believe for breakthrough, God, in our finances. We believe for breakthrough, God, in our health. God, we believe for breakthrough, God, through every form and faction that the enemy is trying to come against us with. God, we believe in that, God. It doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter when, but we know who's going to do it, God, and it's going to be you. So, Father, we pray for breakthrough right now. Breakthrough in our relationships, God. Breakthrough, God, in our, Father, any kind of, God, mental aptitude that's coming against God. Breakthrough in depression. Breakthrough in anxiety. Breakthrough in fear. Father, we're going to see your will take place, God. And we're going to look back and we're going to be in awe. We're going to look back and we're going to be all, God, of your power and of your majesty, God. And of how, God, your hand moves and works on the inside of us. So, Father, right now, God, begin to stir up our faith in the spirit. God, right now, God, God, let us begin to believe for breakthrough again. There's some of us in the house that we've stopped believing. 
that it's been so long, it's been so hard, it's been so difficult that we don't even want to believe anymore. We don't even want to take that step anymore because of the pain, because of the hurt. But God, give us that faith to believe again. God, give us that faith to step out again. God, give that faith to every parent, to every business owner, God, to every person on the sound of my voice to step out by faith once again and say, God, I know your power. I know your authority. I know your hand. God, I know that you are able. God, give me the faith to be obedient. God, give me the faith to take that step right now. God, we speak breakthrough in the atmosphere. We speak breakthrough in the atmosphere right now over, over every individual in the house, God, for breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.